0: Betters could be about to lose a ton of money on the Steelers. So says the sports website, The Athletic. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Optimism is reigning supreme in the Steel City as the beloved 2023 Steelers are about to convene training camp at historic St. Vincent's in Latrobe, For legions of black and gold faithful, this traditional late-summer ritual should set the stage for a return to glory for the once-proud Pittsburgh franchise. Chief among the many reasons for Yinzer belief in this team is second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett. The prodigal son from Pitt is poised to make a significant second year leap that should culminate in a Steelers playoff win. That would snap an ugly streak of postseason futility that dates back to January 2017. The franchise founded in 1933 hasn't gone that long between playoff victories since before the late, great Franco Harris caught a ricocheted football and shattered 40 years of lovable losing in Pittsburgh. After nearly two decades of virtually unprecedented success under Big Ben Roethlisberger, the past half-dozen seasons have been a dark era. Younger fans have never witnessed such an extended stretch of mediocrity and malaise. but pickets seen as the second coming and the new GM brain trust of Omar Khan and Andy Weald having retooled the roster from top to bottom, Steelers Nation is believing again. They are steadfast in thinking 2023 will be the season they're riding high once again. And many have been putting their money where their black and gold bleeding hearts are. They've plunked down big bets on Pickett and the Steelers to make good this season. And just as all the excitement and optimism is about to reach a fever pitch amid a sweltering midsummer, along comes the athletic with an unwelcome dousing of cold water even amid all these high temperatures. The bottom-line message from the well-respected sports website is that all those optimistic Steelers betters are throwing good money after a still-bad football team. Say what? Yes, Yenzers, athletic writer Austin Mock has just declared your 2023 retooled and ready-to-win Steelers as the AFC North's most- Overvalued team. That's when it comes to the current betting trends versus the team's actual probability of emerging from among the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns as an actual playoff threat in that QB loaded AFC football conference. Mock writes this, and he's not even trying to mock all those Pittsburgh fans who have been parting with their money. Quote, There is a lot to be excited about when it comes to the Steelers, but a lot of the optimism seems to be banking on a second year leap from quarterback Kenny Pickett. Pickett played really well down the stretch against a weaker schedule, but he still might be the fourth best quarterback in that division. The AFC North isn't as strong as the AFC East in my model, but it's not far off. If the Steelers want to contend, For a division title, they'll need a Trevor Lawrence-esque sophomore season from Pickett, and he is just not the same level of prospect, unquote. Wow, talk about a reality check. Talk about a painful ouch right before training camp begins. What's worse is this isn't just one writer's opinion. It's based on science. Science, I tell you. Mock informs us the Athletic has some sort of, quote, NFL projection model with which projects overall team strength, unquote. Using this tool, Mock said he simulated the entire NFL season 100,000 times to, quote, see how likely a team is to win their respective division, unquote. From there, he compared the team's projected results to the current trends in the betting markets. In doing so, he's able to identify the team's quote, worth wagering on and the team's to avoid, unquote. For the Steelers, the current betting trends are apparently off the charts, but their odds of winning the highly competitive AFC North, well, not so much. Mock's best bet to wear the AFC North crown those reviled Ravens down in Baltimore. Unlike Edgar Allan Poe, who quoted the Raven as squawking, quote, nevermore, Mox sees the Baltimore Birdies feathering their football nest this season. He writes, quote, the Ravens locked up Lamar Jackson for the long term and are reshaping their offense in hopes of jumpstarting a unit that has gotten a little stale the past few seasons. Jackson's 2019 MVP season feels like ages ago, and Baltimore seems to have agreed as the Ravens hired Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, signed free agent receiver Odell Beckham Jr., and drafted receiver Jay Flowers in the first round of the NFL draft. I'm a big fan of Munkin, and if the improved receiving core can give a boost to the passing game, you could see a more balanced offense thrive in tandem with Jackson's running ability, unquote. Wow, he's high on those Ravens. Of course, many ecstatically enthusiastic Steelers fans are betting against those Ravens, and they're not betting with their heads, but rather with their hearts, those black and gold bleeding hearts, of course as training camp convenes the Steelers tradition is upheld and Steelers nation will turn out in droves to eagerly watch this 2023 football team take shape it's full of hope it's full of hype it's full of optimism and they are fully betting on this team but you can't say you haven't been warned we have much more on the Steelers pre-camp hype plus a look at Coach Mike Tomlin's contract situation along with the contract situations of a couple of other key Steelers. It's all in this hot weather, cold water edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my full print column, First Thing Thursday on Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing the latest, greatest Steelers debates to life and to laughs right now, let's get right to it. First, we tee up some of what promises to be the fiercest training camp battles out there in La Trobe this summer. For that, we turn to Mike DeFabo with The Athletic, who breaks down some of these battles, especially at the key positions of left tackle and cornerback, where there are rival rookies drafted high in 2023 who are looking for playing time. And to start, first up, the grudge match between youth and experience at left tackle. I'm talking about the sumo-like match among Broderick Jones and Dan Moore Jr. Of course, long-term, there is really no battle at all. Fabio says, quote, If everything goes as planned, Jones will protect Kenny Pickett's blind side and anchor the left side of the offensive line into the next decade, unquote. The only real question is how soon can the 2023 first round pick win the starting job. The Fabo's answer, quote, based on mini camp and OTAs, the Steelers aren't going to hand the rookie the starting job. Expect Jones to start training camp with the second team and have to climb the depth chart through preseason. Jones has the pedigree and elite athleticism However, he's still relatively inexperienced with just 19 college starts at Georgia and would have to face dynamic pass rushers like Nick Boza and Miles Garrett in the first two weeks of the season, unquote. Hey, given that early season competition with those pass rushers, uh, the Steelers' left tackle is going to be exposed, and DeFabio seems to suggest that the right call for the Steelers would be going with experience at the position rather than youth. The problem is the experiences of Steelers veteran Dan Moore of late haven't been all that great. The Fabio reminds us, quote, Moore started 33 of a possible 34 games over the last two seasons, but he's allowed seven sacks and 10 QB hits last year. League-wide, only 11 players allowed more sacks than more, and only 7 allowed more QB hits, unquote. So the bottom line for DeFabo at left tackle, quote, one way or another, the Steelers need better from this position, unquote. Couldn't have said it any better, and let's hope this fierce competition shaping up between these two raises both of their games. Kenny Pickett is going to need better protection especially if he's going to make that second-year leap so many Steelers fans are banking on. And he's got to stay out of percussion protocols. Left tackle is Kenny Pickett's key to both of those achievements. Now, for the second big training camp battle that's looming and brewing, it's at cornerback, where another well-regarded rookie, Joey Porter Jr., is going up against Levi Wallace to anchor one side of the Steelers' pass defense. Porter, who the Steelers' coaches insist will not be granted a so-called red-shirt season in Pittsburgh, especially after being drafted at the very top of the second round by the Steelers, Porter is going to play. But will he start? This is the question the Fabo attempts to answer, and he writes this quote. The Penn State product's most direct competition for playing time appears to be Wallace. Supplanting him might be easier said than done, however. Wallace walked on at Alabama and beat out a roster full of five-star prospects to earn a starting role on a championship defense. He reeled in four interceptions last season, even while battling through a shoulder injury and about with Bell's palsy, unquote. Levi Wallace has a history of being underestimated and then rising to the occasion. And DeFabio seems to be going with the veteran over the rookie as far as who's going to start on the outside cornerback position. Of Porter, DeFabio predicts, quote, my sense is the Steelers will break Porter in more slowly and situationally using him first in sub-package when Patrick Peterson bumps into the slot in nickel-and-dime defenses. That will be Porter's chance to play on the outside, at least initially. From there, he'll be able to compete for more playing time or wait for an injury to open the door, unquote. Hey, I think that's just about right and good stuff from DeFabo, and he isn't done. He has plenty more camp predictions in his athletic piece that's up on the site right now, and it's worth a read for sure. I, for one, can't wait for camp, and we don't have to wait much longer. This season also is big because a lot of contracts are extended uh, right during this time, right uh, during the lead-up for training camp. Uh, So we go to the matter of money, not the money being bet on the Steelers, but the money the Steelers are betting on some key players and, of course, the head coach. So who's in the money and who's out of it this soft season? Well, definitely in the money is pass rusher Alex Highsmith. Just as this was being recorded came the big news of his big new contract extension. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports, quote, The Steelers have reached agreement with Highsmith on a new five-year, $70 million contract, and this prevents him from being a free agent at the end of the 2023 season. Highsmith's deal includes approximately $27.7 million guaranteed. Highsmith is age 26, was the third-round pick in 2020, and he's coming off a season where he led the team with 14.5 Fourteen and a half sacks, sixth most in the NFL. He was scheduled to earn just two point seven million this season, and it's the final year of his rookie deal. Along with T.J. Watt, Highsmith's signing gives the Steelers two of the highest-paid outside linebackers in the NFL. Watt, of course, is the highest-paid edge rusher at an annual salary of twenty-eight million per unquote. That's the news on High Smith, and he is riding high. Now let's hope those Steelers sacks skyrocket as much as these two linebackers' paychecks have. That would be nice. Now for a player who's out of the money, along with many others at his position, talking about running back Najee Harris and the plight of the unextended running backs across the NFL. Once again, we turn to the Post-Gazette, which writes, quote, The Steelers' running back took to Twitter to vent frustrations after the New York Giants' Saquon Barkley, the Las Vegas Raiders' Josh Jacobs, and the Dallas Cowboys' Tony Pollard all failed to reach long-term deals with their teams for the NFL's deadline for franchise tag players to negotiate extensions. All three now find themselves in the situation Le'Veon Bell did with the Steelers in 2017 and 2018. Either play a season with no long-term security at one of the most brutal positions in the sport, or sit out in hopes of finding a long-term deal in free agency and risk losing millions if the market doesn't yield their desired contract. The quandary that disproportionately affects running backs in the NFL because of the perception that even top backs can replace easily. It's a view recently articulated by ESPN's Matt Miller, who did a, a long piece on this topic. Well, in response to that, Najee took to Twitter and he tweeted this, quote, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need a running back, running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke, unquote. But again, as the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette points out in the article, Najee has a very personal stake in this issue. As the PG writes, quote, it won't be long before Harris finds himself in a similar contract situation. The season, this season, will be his third in the NFL, and the Steelers hold a fifth-year option on his rookie deal because he was taken in the later stages of the first round back in 2021. After that, they could choose to use the franchise tag to retain him for multiple years before he can negotiate a long term. Uh, security uh, in uh, in free agency with a long-term contract. But by the time all this process plays out, Najee could be 28 or 29 years old and toward the end of his productive window in the NFL. For most running backs, it closes at age 30. That's why they tend to leverage in these long-term negotiations. And hence, the frustration Vented by Najee and many other stars at his position. Unquote. Hey, that's the reality as laid out by the Post Gazette and as tweeted out by Najee. The bottom line is: star running backs in the NFL have become shooting stars. Their blinding light, blazing speed, and amazing durability—what well, all seems to quickly fade in this Darwinian league at this position which is shoot up and spit out. One who is not fading away is Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. In fact, the long-tenured coach, second only to the New England reign of Bill Belichick, is due for yet another contract extension from the Steelers. It's like clockwork. So says Mark Caboli with The Athletic, who argues the Steelers have really no choice but to pony up the cash for Tomlin's continued steady leadership. Caboli writes, quote, five of Tomlin's six career extensions have come around the start of camp, so it's quite likely that sometime between now and when the Steelers report to St. Vincent College on July 26th, the news will be revealed to the public that there's yet another extension for Tomlin. After all, he's entering his 17th season with the Steelers, and his current contract runs only through 2024. It's never been about whether Tomlin was going to get extended. How the Roonies have run the Steelers since the day they hired Chuck Knoll illustrates that. That's 54 years and three head coaches. That's how they do business, whether you agree or not. Being a stable organization is the priority and has been ever since they first tasted success in the early 1970s. Now, of course, Tomlin also has had no playoff wins in six long years and a 3-7 and seven postseason record since losing Super Bowl XLV. That's what this storied franchise is judged on, not how many times the team can avoid losing one more game than it wins, unquote. Now, what Caboli's talking about there at that last uh, sentence is Tomlin's much-touted, unblemished streak of non-losing Steelers' seasons. But if you look at the record, three of those were 8-8 and seasons, 500. Not winning, not losing. So that's why they're non-losing seasons. So in those cases, he didn't even win one more game than he lost. He got a push. Now, with the 17-game schedule, there can be no more 500 seasons to save Tomlin. He's either going to be a winner or a loser. But as Caboli concludes, he will get another Steelers contract extension, possibly within days. Why? Well, Caboli clearly believes a winning Steelers team is right around the corner. He writes this, quote, Tomlin shouldn't have a lifetime contract, but contrary to the opinions of some frustrated fans, he does deserve the benefit of the doubt. Tomlin should be extended for many reasons. Whether it's for two years or three years, it matters little. Steelers are in the middle of a total rebuild, not only on the field, but throughout the front office and the scouting department. A turnaround that could take years, however, appears to be well on its way for the second time and in quick fashion. Because Tomlin had a, a, you know, a, a mini losing streak earlier in his career, and then that team came back fiercely uh, with good 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 records. so again caboli's bottom line quote now is not the time to make the future hall of famer a lame duck coach unquote and there you have it guys all the best takes out of pittsburgh before the steelers take to the practice field at saint vincent in latrobe and it is going to be something to see and we're seeing it real soon and of course we're going to have- all the best takes coming out of training camp, the rumors, the contract situations, who's up, who's down, the training camp battles, all here on your Steelers Update podcast from Penn Live. And it's just heating up. It's going to be intense. This, the sun in August in Latrobe has nothing on the intensity of the coverage of this 2023 Steelers team. Is it going to be a better's delight or? A better's regret. We'll see. You know, obviously, we had to take it to top that uh, some good money is going after a still sort of shaky Steelers team. We'll see. That's why they play the games. That's why we cover it every Wednesday. Sign up and get the podcast delivered fresh Wednesday afternoon. And, of course, log on to anytime for your real-time Steelers news.